All right. So uh, we are going to have a fun uh, podcast today. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Sam. I'm Ryan. It's been about uh, two weeks since our last episode, but uh, yesterday, or two days ago, actually, the um, Layouts RFC came out for Next.js, and uh, this is pretty cool, has a lot of cool stuff, so we thought this would be a fun opportunity to basically go through, read this guy out loud, and um, that's what we're going to be doing for the podcast today. So uh, what do you think? Does that sound good, Ryan? Sounds great. Awesome. Uh, we are recording this on Zoom right now because we are not together. We're separate, which is always sad. But uh, Ryan's back home. And so uh, I'm over here alone in the office. Uh, again, I'm alone here. And so I'm just going to share my screen. And uh, this way we can just look at this. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the layouts RFC here and follow along as we read this. So um, this is how we're going to do this today. It's a reaction. React developers react to layouts RFC live. Next.js. <laughs> uh, cool. So um, we heard about this RFC, uh, I guess, a few weeks ago. They were announcing it at Reactathon. Lee talked about it. And um, it's pretty awesome because, you know, we both love Next.js. We came from uh, Ember and uh, we've used other tools that have uh, this idea of nested layouts. Um, React Router has it. We've been playing around with Remix this year. It has it. But uh, I always love nested layouts. I remember there was a podcast me and you had about like a year ago. Yeah, and, maybe uh, less. It maybe it was less. And I remember I was like, dude, mark my words, man. Um, Next is going to get nested layouts because it's better. It's just better and I miss it. And you were like, you know, there's actually some times where nested layouts, you know, going back to our time in, in Ember, there's times where you actually, you know, didn't want it. You wanted to like escape it. And because we've experienced those pain points, I guess, there was something nice when we first started using Next where it's like, I'm at this URL, but there's a single page that's an entry point. Okay, Ember. So yeah, there's this situation where <clears throat> you have a page and you want to basically escape the nested layout, right? Because your root uh, like app component, which is like the root layout for the entire thing has some global logic and then all of a sudden you find some page like a terms and condition page that you don't want to have to check if the user's logged in or anything like that so there's actually we were so used to nested layouts from our time in ember that it was the natural way we thought about building applications but there were times when it was not uh desirable or you wanted to escape the nesting somehow and so there was something fresh about and nice about next when we came in it's like oh every page is an entry point and um, you can avoid some of that like coupling behavior you get that can get you into a bad spot, you know? I think I was the one that was taking the the anti-layout position. Yeah. Um, I think my main kind of thing there was like in these complex Ember apps that there's all this implicit stuff that happens up in higher layouts. And you start making a page, a new feature into an existing hierarchy and like, it's just really hard to reason about how data is loaded, where it's coming from. Um, and there was something, again, like what the words you said, was something nice about coming in next. And you just have your page as your entry point and you can have, you can render a layout component if you need a layout. Uh, so I did really like that. But I will say 
that, um, you know, after using Remix, uh, really did remind me of of all the good things that come with nested layouts mm-hmm. uh, and all the things we missed from Ember. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm 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 definitely excited for this RFC and uh, all this stuff. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Uh, cool. So let's uh, let's get into. It. We're just gonna do a, a read through. Uh, I think that's kind of fun. People seem to like that when we do that kind of thing here. So uh, let's get started. Um, RFC outlines the biggest update to Next since it was introduced in 2016. Nested layouts, cool. Designed for server components, okay. Improved data fetching, that's pretty cool. Using React 18 features, streaming transitions and suspense. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. I still don't know what streaming is, but transitions and suspense. I'm down with that. Uh, client and server routing. Um, server-centric routing with SPA-like behavior. Now, if you could put six words that got me more interested and curious than that, I don't know. Uh, I'm all about the SPAs. I know people don't like SPAs these days, but this is pretty interesting to me. 100% incrementally adoptable, no breaking changes, advanced routing conventions, off-screen stashing, instant transitions, and more. That's also pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. New router is built on top of React 18. Okay, okay, timeline, okay. All right. Um, Motivation. We've been gathering community feedback from GitHub, Discord, Reddit, and our developer survey about the current limitations of routing in Next.js. We found that the developer experience of creating layouts can be improved. It should be easy to create layouts that can be nested, shared across routes, and have their state preserved on navigation. Uh, Next. Many Next.js applications are dashboards or consoles, which would benefit from more advanced routing solutions. While the current routing system has worked well since the beginning of Next.js, we want to make it easier for developers to build more performant and feature-rich web applications. As framework maintainers, we also want to build a routing system that's backwards compatible and aligns with the future of React. They say uh, the conventions were inspired by Relay-based router at Meta. React router gets a shout-out. Ember.js gets a shout-out. SvelteKit gets a shout-out. And, uh, okay, let's... uh, Maybe we skip the terminology and just get into the meat of this, right? Yeah, because as the terms come up, we'll we'll discuss them, right? If yep. we need to, if they're not Perfect. obvious. Um, okay, uh, today, so this is how routing currently works in Next.js. Today, Next.js uses a file system to map individual folders and files in the pages directory to routes accessible through URLs. Each page file exports a React component and has an associated route based on its file name. Okay, uh, for example, you have pages and then dashboard and then like index.js. We also have support for dynamic params. And um, so today's layouts, it says Next.js offers support for the simple component-based layouts, which is basically just saying React components. So that's mm-hmm. like you can do layouts with React components, but that's not really like a Next.js thing. Um, it's a React. Per- it's what's that react it's react yeah, yeah it's react per page layouts using a component property pattern this is also kind of like not actually anything there's nothing in next that's uh that's that's supporting this this is just kind of a workaround for the fact that there's no like first class notion of layouts and then a single global layout using a custom app i guess that is kind of a feature of the way app works in next today in that it gives you a place that is it gives you the component that is responsible for rendering the current page component. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. So this is like the big, I guess this is probably what we should really talk about today because this is like the main point. Um, but, um, I think anyone who's been working with next, I know this has come up basically in every next app I've worked on where I've reached for something like a header or nav bar and, um, ended up moving it to app, basically putting global stuff in app, but then maybe you conditionally render it based on the user's all status. And so it doesn't really belong there. It really belongs like underneath the authenticated tree. That's kind of how we would do it in Ember. You know, you'd have like an app or something. Um, that's like the root part of the authenticated subtree. Um, and then you'd have like a login that's not part of that. Um, so yeah, that's like, that's one, I think that's one of the first things that someone would run into that, 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 uh, this nested layout stuff is going to help with. Mm -hmm. Uh, data fetching today. It basically says you use get static props, get server side props, and then you also have inter incremental static regeneration. And then uh, rendering next provides three rendering options, static generation, server side, and client side. Okay, so this is where we get into the new stuff. Um, so introducing the app folder. So to ensure that these new improvements can be incrementally adopted and avoid breaking changes, we're proposing a new directory called app. This will work alongside pages, and so that's pretty cool. So basically you can just, yeah, add this and it's not going to break anything in pages. Now we define routes using folders inside of app. So if you wanted a page at slash dashboard slash settings, um, you would just add those folders. So that's pretty similar to how pages works today, except these go under app. And instead of uh, you adding like, dashboard slash settings.js and pages, you would add dashboard slash settings slash page.js in your app folder. So uh, other than that, it's pretty similar. You know, it's pretty, it feels pretty familiar um, to next, it should feel pretty familiar to next.js developers. Mm -hmm. So um, next section here is layouts and creating UI. This is kind of where it gets interesting. So this is where some new concepts are introduced. So it says we have a new file convention called layout.js. And um, it says we have used folders so far to define the routes of our application, but empty folders do not do anything by themselves. Let's discuss how you can define the UI that will render for these routes using new file conventions. So a layout is UI that is shared between route segments in a subtree. Layouts do not affect URL paths and do not re-render. React state is preserved when a user navigates between segments that share the same layout. So this is pretty interesting. Um, I think one of my first Next.js apps, I had like a header navigation. And I forget, I was trying to animate animate the bar. Actually, mm -hmm. we were doing it on Mirage.js, weren't we? Um, yeah. The doc site. Yeah, this was it was a, it was a Gatsby app, but it's the same same class of problem. It was where a Gatsby app. Yep. Every single page renders all of its own components. So if you wrap, if you put a header in every single page visually, as you navigate between pages, that header is always the first thing that's rendered. So visually, it looks consistent, but the reality is that that header is torn down and re-rendered on every right. navigation. Both Next today and Gatsby work like this. Right. Uh, so if you try to do an animation. Uh, you lose all the state that's rendered in that header as you navigate between pages. And um, 
this is a really nice this 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 layout uh, section here is a really nice answer to that, and that is that you'll have a layout folder, and that layout will be uh, persisted. Layout file. Layout file. Yes, thank you. Layout.js, and um, that will be persisted uh, between all your navigation within that subtree. Uh, so you'll have your header rendered in layout, and you'll be able to do navigation. It'll be one header. Basically, it'll be like conceptually, it will be um, the same as it is visually, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So if you had uh, our docs site for Mirage, it was like miragejs.com home, and then you click on docs, and then docs renders a side navigation with all the classes in the project. Um, if you could if you would conceptualize that as a tree of react components you would have like app home and then you'd have docs and then within docs you'd have all the other things so this is basically that it's uh giving you a, a place to, to keep that that just like it says the the root of a subtree uh, mounted and so it works exactly like a, a react component would that stays mounted it preserves its state it preserves even non-react state right that comes up so in adam's post mm. about layouts uh, he says one problem is like, yeah, you have a lot of DOM state that's not in React components. And conceptually, if you had a sidebar with a search field that you typed in and uh, maybe you weren't using React state to like hold that input um, or the, what, what text is selected or anything even like if that. You, even if you are using React state, so it still gets reset because the component that's, gets stored That's down. true. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but uh, Dude, this comes up so much scroll yeah. position yep scroll position boxes. is a great one that's usually never stored in react state and uh yeah you can just let the the, the dom worry about that if you don't re-render it it's fine and uh conceptually that's what you're doing anyways so uh yeah this is pretty cool there's two types of layouts you have a root layout which applies to all routes and then you just have a regular layout which applies to specific routes and you can nest two or more layouts together to form nested layouts. so that's nice that's like again on on our site i'm going to show real quick since if in case you're watching you kind of have this header which is global then you hit guides and uh, now you have this stuff so this would be kind of like the root right here and then this would be a nested layout that would this would be above. like our, our docs layout right exactly it would be like docs layout and then this would be uh each one of these but now this stuff so if i open this or open this and i go here See, we already lose that state, but now um, you could scroll and conceptually uh, keep all that stuff open, which which is really nice. Basically, kind of like it behaves more like almost like a, like the Finder or something uh, you'd use on on a native application because it's not being re-rendered, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you want to like open like Apple Music or Spotify? Because I think that's um, these are great apps for showing off nested layouts. Yeah, that's a good, that's a that's a great point. So like, um, yeah, again, like doing the stuff we did in Ember, you know, uh, you just think about this that way. You think about this as being part of the global nav. This would be, uh, you know, listen now or whatever. This is actually this would be part of the players, but maybe it's not. If you go to settings or something. It does look like this is always here. So so this player is also part of the global nav. Mm -hmm. So both of these would probably live in like the root layout in a next in a new Next.js app, right? And then um if you go to like an artist. So you click on artist, and then this is like what we call master detail, where you have all of the list of artists right here. 
and you can click on one and then you get a detail view. And so, you know, if this was, and then of course, you know, in a web app, this is going to be at like a URL, maybe slash library slash artists. Uh, and all of this would be, this would be kind of the, the, the artists, uh, layout, the artist slash layout.js. And then this would be a particular artist. So it'd be artists slash, and then you'd have a folder name with like bracket artist ID or artist slug, uh, .js. And then, um, you know, it would have, uh, a page.js, which would render this whole thing using the dynamic data for the, for the selected artist. But, um, in, in, in each, I think important thing here too, is like each of these would be rendering children. So like these aren't yes. like conceptually three different components that live at the same level. It kind of looks like they're at like the same level, maybe on the UI, but really you would have your whole app would render the sidebar and children, right? So this first sidebar and children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're saying this, right, right. So you're saying I would highlight the entire app, right? Yeah. So yeah. Root, Instead of saying like, we're not rendering this component next to this component exactly, and then next exactly. to this component conceptually app is, uh, this whole thing right here. And, and it consists uh, of, it basically consists of two lines. It's going to be the main Chrome. sidebar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chrome sidebar, main sidebar. And then the next line is going to say children, which is going to be children it in right here. Exactly. It's children is this. And then it's children would be something like, I don't know, what would you call this? Like artist layout? Yep, um, exactly. And it's going to render artist list, which is this thing right here. It's and also it, going to fetch the list of all artists. It'll fetch the yep. layout is what fetches the data because as this changes or you go to different things here, then, uh, you know, um, then this, this is still populated. So, yeah. So that this thing is going to render artist list and children, uh, and this is going to be a layout, right? Mm -hmm. And then the next thing is going to be just to simplify. This is going to be your page. Right. It's going to be in like artist slash page JS, right. and all it's going to re render. I guess this is an album. I don't know what this is. Um, yeah, yeah. But just kind of you know, just to move this along, so. um, yeah. it's going to render. Um, yeah, it looks like an album. It's the right. artist with all their albums. So it's going to be like the artist page. Gotcha, gotcha. So so it'll render artist slash page JS. And this won't render children. This will be like the right. final leaf node. Right. And you can see how the children, basically uh, the children and all the parent layouts, the, the things below them kind of get slotted up and put right. into them. Um, and it allows you to build these like really awesome UIs. Anything from like Apple Music, Spotify, email client, uh, anything where you have, like you, you mentioned finder earlier, I'll, I'll do a bowl with this. Yeah, exactly. And if you look at, if, if you look at this, or if you're not watching, you're listening, you have something like Apple music in your head or Spotify, that's like a master detail list today in Next.js. If you wanted to build this, you know, um, you're sharing a lot of code between different pages. So in each one of those pages, you're importing the layout, the same layout, you know, or you're, or you're putting it in underscore app. So maybe in this one, you put in the sidebar and the, in the player and underscore app. But then, uh, when you click artists and, uh, maybe you don't have one selected or you have all or something like that, you're going to be rendering the artist sidebar. And then once you click an artist or go somewhere else, you're going to be still render this thing. So this artist list gets ends up getting shared right a lot in a lot of pages now 
this uh, page right here is like the the artist for like it shows a bunch of albums for the selected artist, but maybe you have something that shows one, but you know, basically this layout gets reused over and over again. Every new like terminal page, every new URL you expose that needs it is going to have to import it and render it. Whereas in the nested case, anything that sits under it, basically you have nested URLs, then your, their, your UI is going to be nested. And so it's just an assumption. It's like a natural way to, to build it such that you can put the layout above it in the hierarchy and it will always be rendered for it. So it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really cool. And um, again, having used having ex used this for many, many years, it ends up being a really good fit for, for most UIs. Now, there are some cases, like nothing is a silver bullet like anything in programming. And there's also are some cases where it it's a pain. It gets in the way, but there's ways to get around that, um, which maybe we'll get to here because there's, there's some discussion of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember if it's actually in this post or in the RFC, but um, yeah, there's some ways to get around it. So... That's basically the idea behind nested layouts, which personally is the thing I'm most excited about in this RFC. Mm -hmm. um, we've got the root layout here. Moving on, uh, you can create a root layout that'll apply to all your routes by adding layout.js inside of app. I like this over underscore app because it's reinforcing kind of the concept here. You know, it's just it's like... It's layouts all the way down. Exactly. It also gets rid of um, the combined like at underscore app and underscore document. Um, right. And so that's a nice thing because as a, a Tailwind user, a Tailwind UI user, I always have to customize the font to get inner, which means I'm always making a new custom document. And custom and you app. also have an underscore app to import yeah, the global so, styles. So right. you're doing both. Yep. So which I'm, is kind of I bummer. think that's going to be cool to just have one place to do all that stuff. Yep, definitely. Um, cool. And then it says you'll be able to customize in the root layout uh, HTML and the body tags, and you'll be able to use data fetching methods inside the root layout and other layouts. That's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Um, I mean, that's kind of just thrown in there, but that's a pretty big deal, right? Because, again, looking at something like Apple Music, your artist layout is going to be responsible for fetching all your artists and you want it to do that. So this is, this is actually uh, one of the pain points with Next.js today. Let's say you have that sidebar that's supposed to be rendered both for all artists, also selected artists, and also an art, a selected artist, you know, selected album. Yeah, go even, I mean, you can go simpler here, like a, a header that has its nav items fetched from a CMS. Mm -hmm. That's that's really hard to do today. Right. So you can share the UI, the, the JavaScript code um, for that case, the header case. Maybe you hoist it up to underscore app or you have it in app components and you render it on two or three or four different pages. But how... What if you need the nav items from a CMS? The header actually needs data. Well, it's up to the page to get data. And so these kind of components that are used as layouts don't have their own way to fetch data. So the fact that layouts can now use data fetching methods is a pretty big deal. Yeah. So if you've ever done things like you have like your page fetches data, puts it in a context so that like your layout 
whatever you're using can read from it, you're like all that code just disappears and and your layouts will now fetch their own data. They don't need to rely on the page. Um, Also too, like just think of stuff that's going to disappear. If you've ever had like complex kind of like the Apple music screen and you do things like if router.url is equal to this, like render this sidebar, uh, Mm -hmm. all that goes away because you'll know like your layout will be rendered at that URL. And so you can just put the sidebar in the layout. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Sweet. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Regular layouts. You can also create a layout that only applies to part of your application by adding a layout JS file inside of a specific folder. For example, you can create a layout inside of dashboard, which will only apply to route segments under dashboard. Very cool. Nested layouts. Layouts are nested by default. So, uh, if we have two layouts above, the root would be applied to the dashboard, which would also apply um, there. And so, yeah, it's kind of what we were just saying. Basically, it's layouts all the way down. Once you look at whatever page you're on, you just look up the chain and every layout you find is rendered, whereas you're just slotting that page into children all the way down. So uh, the graphics here, if you haven't actually looked at this blog post, um, they're really nice in how they explain this. And uh, if you've never used nested layouts before, whether in uh, React Router, Ember, uh, Vue, I know has some notions of this. Um, it's nice to see visually. It always helps me understand that uh, with nested layouts. So my guess, my guess my guess is most people probably have used nested layouts. I, I, I So yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think, I think so too. I think so too. Uh, I mean, React Router's had them forever, right? Basically, since yeah. the first version. Mm-hmm. I never used a- uh, Angular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. But Ember had it. And then uh, I think Vue, Vue Router had it too. So, cool. yeah, I'm guessing most people have been exposed to it in some way or another. Pages. New file convention. Page.js. A page is UI that is unique to a route segment and required for route to be valid. You can create a page by adding Page.js. Uh, for example, create the pages for dashboard. You create a page as inside of each folder. Okay, so pretty standard stuff. Now, um, yep, pages inherit layouts from their current folder. All pretty, basically what you'd expect. Now, I mean, one one difference here, and if you look at the RFC, there are a lot of comments about like page JS. Um, and the fact that like if you open dashboard page js and then home page js and then settings page js your 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 editor is going to have three tabs that say page js on them and so that's kind of like a bummer uh potentially it could be like make the developer experience a little rough yeah um, i think also like i'm like a big like command pr for opening files yeah so command now you have to kind of command P, <laughs> you got to like dashboard pages. Now we actually also went through this with Ember because Ember for a time had this notion of pods where they used to have something called basically like you would have um, templates directory that would have like dashboard.hbs and you'd have like a routes directory that had dashboard.js and then like a controllers directory that had dashboard.js. So uh, that's where you would say, oh, I want to get the, the, the dashboard template. Let me just command P for dashboard HBS and get it. 
Then they moved to something called pause, which is more like this, where you have a mm -hmm. folder called dashboard, and then you put template.hbs, controller.js, and route.js. So this is more similar to that. And there was some feedback about people saying, they even made some uh, extensions for the editors, I think, that yeah. would show you, you know, this is like the template for dashboard. Uh, so, so you didn't just have a bunch of template.hbs's in your editor. That'd be a fun one to write. Like you recognize you're in a, a next step because a, a, some parent in your tree has like a next config.js. Right. And then you're in an app folder under that. And right. then now anytime you open page.js, you change VS Code editor to say like the directory name, not the, um, not the uh, file name. Right, but, right. Uh, it's just interesting because I think like, oh, I want to open the dashboard page, right? So I command P and I type dashboard and then and page. Uh, it just says, no, but today command P, I type yeah. dashboard and then I see like the dashboard part bold and I hit enter and it opens. It's all very like I'm opening the dashboard page. It is a dashboard page. This it's, um, yeah, it's just like I, I, I'll have to see what it's like. Um, yeah, I personally am not worried about this. Again, you look at the RFC. This is one of the most commented things about aspects of this proposal. But we literally went through this in Ember. We were writing a lot of app code back then using pods. I prefer to, I personally use the tree a lot to open things. And because I just more visual like that, I just like to look over. And especially because I use the tree a lot, I actually love that things are co-located because I, I use control zero to focus the tree. And if I'm working in the dashboard, chances are some code that I need to touch hopefully is close to the dashboard. I think actually Absolutely. that's like, that's actually a sign of good design almost that like the yeah. si if you're changing dashboard, the things you need to change are close to it. And so especially in Ember where you had the related controller and route files, you'd be likely changing all three of the and components. You'd be changing all those together. Um, so this is pretty cool. Like I'm in the dashboard. Maybe there's a likely chance I'm going to change the dashboard layout. Boom, it's going to be right there next to Ab it in the tree, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. The fact that this nudges you towards co-location yeah. is, 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 is a huge plus. Yeah, and um, I think that's one of the main reasons they did it. So it will be interesting to see, but if you have... So right now, in my biggest personal project that I use Next on, I use the page extensions... Uh, config option so that I can have so that I basically call my pages things like um, you know home.page.js or um, you know yeah. uh, photos.page.js and that way in pages slash photos I can have components like an image viewer that are just for the photos route and I don't have to go all the, again, thinking about visually the side, the tree view, I don't have to go all the way up to app components. And uh, conceptually, this component is not shared. So I actually don't want it to live up there anyways. So for me, I'm excited about this. Uh, and, I, and I think there's going to be some ways to alleviate some of the, like the, the friction that it does introduce for some of people's workflows and their editors. Yeah, I have, I have two thoughts on it. I don't know that necessarily like having a file named page.js is like the only way to get co-location. So I think mm -hmm. there's like there's like other, like just other frameworks you can make a folder called components and you can say anything that lives under components is not a page. Right. Um, there's like, but um, right. the fact that this is not I mean, you can do it today in Next.js with page extensions, right? It's just the, de it's just not the default, so no one does it. Um, you can literally do it today. 
Yeah, it's a do... little it's a little blunt today because you you yeah. can't opt into what's not a page. You have to opt into what is a page. So it'd be nice to say that like yeah. all my all my in my router, anytime I have a component, it's directory, none of those mm-hmm. are pages. And then like mm-hmm. you kind of like you can't have a uh, a route path that has components in it, but you know, that's right. <laughs> Uh, the other thing, the more important thing I want to say here, though, like you made a comment that this was like the most commented on thing in the RFC. Yeah. Um, the fact that this is the most commented on thing in the RFC is a good thing because this isn't like some like one way architectural door. Like you, they could find, they could basically still keep layouts, still keep all this, but just change the naming scheme here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not the fact that like, uh, the You're saying it's bike the, shedding, mate. Basically, it's yeah, not, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's exactly. not foundational. It's not striking right. at the heart of the new architecture. It's right, just right, 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 right. It's, it's, it's what not, colors the bike shed. Right, exactly. So, like, they could just come up with all sorts of like, okay, you can name it um, dashboard.pagejs, or you put an at in front of it. Like, they, you know what I mean? There's just right. all these like, um, there are ways to solve this. It doesn't break the architecture if they make a change here. So, um, right. but pretty cool. So that that yeah. makes me think like. Uh, feel good you know, about the overall rfc yeah and stuff you said before like we should just try it and see how it feels because because it can change without breaking the whole layout system right so cool which i think is an awesome sign yep yep okay so yeah that's basically it for for nested layouts the the dx here is uh remains to be uh is that is the, the jury still out on what this is going to look like but uh yeah i definitely think you should go to the rfc and and drop a line and if it's if it's something you have an opinion about but overall this is pretty good and again check out the rfc if you haven't used nested layouts before because these images really really clear it up um cool so that's basically it for layouts the next section in the RFC is React Server Components. Now, uh, it's kind of interesting because I really haven't used React Server Components yet. Have you? I I mean, I was going to comment like, has anyone? I, I went yeah. through the um, <laughs> I went through the demo that they built, and uh, it was really it was really enlightening. The little note taking app. Um, but you haven't is, used them like in the way you've used Suspense in your side projects. Yeah, no, no. I mean, yeah. no one, no one has, <laughs> no one has. Is it possible to use them today? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, did it, they it, say it, Shopify it is. is using them, or you can use them in Next? I think Shopify has like a was a, they have a hydrogen thing or something. You can use them in Next today. Okay. Um, you can use them in Next today. So maybe one person out there is using them. But. <laughs> <laughs> the I, I think they're cool. I think they're cool. Like I, I yeah, going through the demo was like super enlightening, and it made me real excited. Um, yeah cool so let's uh let's let's read this um this part of the rfc react server components with this rfc you can start using react features and incrementally adopt react server components into your Next.js application the internals of the new routing system leverage recently released react features such as streaming suspense and transitions these are the building blocks for react server components I mean, I have so many questions already, but let's just keep reading. <laughs> I guess my first question is like, why would I want to start adopting server components? I guess they answer that right here, but suspense and transitions. It's just interesting how all these things relate, right? Yeah. I, I, you know. Again, in the in the demo, the main reason was like your components are fetching data. Your data probably lives close to your server, right? You have like a web server, database server is probably close by. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense that 
the server talks to the database to fetch its data rather than uh, the, the client talking to the server, getting the JavaScript and HTML, and then the client having to now go to an API mm -hmm. endpoint to fetch the data. Um, this isn't really a problem that we face in our apps, not because our apps are immune to this problem. It's usually that, that in the list of problems, this is like problem 50 and there's right. 49 more important problems <laughs> it's a great way ahead of it. But, but uh, I, you know, this is something where like a, let's say PHP developer could look at this and say, just like fundamentally there is a flaw in the SPA uh, architecture um, that server apps don't have. And I, I think this is a nice answer that, React can give and say, okay, this is how we can conceptually think about this. We can make our data fetches happen close to the server. And then all this now streams down to the client. And so the client just kind of acts as like a dumb renderer of uh, components that were generated on the server. Mm -hmm. Now that's mo I like the story you just told. That's mostly true for the initial render, right? Because part of the whole benefit of uh, like people using Ajax, like the Gmail back in the day, I, I again like you. It's tricky. You code split. Yeah, you code. And split. so that now you clicked things. a link, and now uh, you have to. It's again, it's the same story. And again, this isn't. I, I know. I'm listen. You're taking as a one middle side, class. Yeah, yeah, as a middle class developer, this is not something I worry about. This is like. Yeah. Um, this is like a billionaire saying, like, I need a faster jet because I need to get from New York to L.A. as fast as possible. And <laughs> me being like, listen, can I just have like two more inches of legroom? That's yeah. all I need. <laughs> so but but I do I do want to, you know, you know, this stuff tends to like flow down. Like if the billionaire yeah. gets a faster jet, then maybe yeah. like that technology in 20 years yeah. somehow ends up with me getting two more inches of legroom. Right. Um, but this is like, you know, I, I do want to talk about this from the kind of like, there is a reason for this. This is probably yeah. pressure that React developers have felt. You know, I think a lot of times server side developers might look at JavaScript and just kind of immediately point out these flaws. And I, I think mm -hmm. this is a nice answer. Mm -hmm. And hey, if the frameworks can support this and I don't have to really think about it, mm -hmm. um, I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So. In the server components demo that you watched, do they also mention like, hey, you've rendered Markdown on the server. Now you don't have to ship a Markdown uh, client to the client, a Markdown yeah. render to the client. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. So that's also part of it. Um, yeah. Bu bundle sizes. Get, bundle size, which gets, again, gets on our list and the P apps we work on with folks, it's the 50th thing or whatever. It's like, yeah. it's, it's not what is slowing down the project. I just... The reason I'm saying that is because it feels like this usually dominates conversation on Twitter, but it's just not the most important thing for the kinds of stuff that we work on and that so many people we know work on. It's complexity. It's like hand-holding and guardrails, how to fetch data, how to render error pages. It's like the when we say middle-class stuff, that's like what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's keep going. Rendering environments and component types. React introduces new component module types, server, client, and shared components. To learn about these, we recommend reading uh, this thing, which is a link to uh, an RFC for server components and an RFC in React. You'll have granular control of what components will be in the client-side JavaScript bundle using new React conventions. There's ongoing discussions of what exactly those will be. So if you've 
seen any of this, it's like you've probably seen component.client.js and mycomponent.server.js. They're just saying they don't know where how that's going to shake out. Um, and they just say, we'll follow the resolution of that discussion. But for now, it's worth noting that app allows components, both layouts and pages, in or out to be rendered on the server, on the client, or both, which is pretty cool. There's a very... We'll keep, uh, keep going. This is different from pages directory next, where by default pages are statically generated unless they have data fetching requirements. In pages, you have the flexibility to decide when, at build time or at runtime, and where, server side or client side or combination, a page is rendered by next. By using the Next.js data fetching methods, get static props, get server side props, or fetching the data from client side. However, in the app folder, the rendering environment is decoupled from the data fetching method and set at the component level you'll still need to respect the constraints of client and server components. For example, you will not be able to use get server side props method inside of a page or layout that is a client component. Okay, so let's uh, unpack some of this. <laughs> Basically, uh, today, if you use get static props, you're telling next that this, which can only be used by a page, you're telling next that this page is static. Right? That's what that means. And um, so now, uh, whether the component, so now we have this idea of like server components and client components. I think somewhere in the RFC, Dan Abramov on the React side said, like, today all components are client components, basically. Right? Uh, like, before server components, all components are client components. You might oh, render yeah, them yeah, yeah. on the server with like React DOM that render to, to string, but they are all going to rerun on the client yes. and rehydrate on the client and be running inside of a browser environment. So therefore, they right. are a client component. A way to look at that is you're not making database calls. You're not yeah. reading from a file system. Yeah. Like you can you can render them on the server, but they yeah. they and pass they them are... data from a database. You could right. you could fetch data from a database and then pass it to them as props when you call like render to string or something like that. Right. They are meant to be executed in like the context of a browser. Yeah. Um Whereas server components are like, that's what's new about them. It's like they are rendered in the context of a server and only in a server, which means like literally in the render function, you can call like new Postgres connection. Yeah. What would you do that? Well, that, that, would side of, that would be a side effect. That would be a side effect. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can talk to a Postgres database. They're meant to be run on the server. Right. And so uh, it's not exactly clear how like, uh, if you use get static props, what is the matrix here, right? You use get static props. Um, right. So it says they're well, decoupled, but you still need to respect the constraints. So it'd be, it'd be fun to see like the matrix of um, both client, server, and share components, and then all the data fetching methods and which ones you can use with which ones, right? So I'm guessing, I'm guessing static props you can use with both. And server-side props you can only use with server. And so yeah. st static props you should be able to use with, with client, shared, or server. And server-side props you should probably only be able to use with server. Yeah. It'll be, we'll, we'll have to see how it shakes out. But yeah, yeah. I, I think the mental model is like if you have get server-side props, it's, you're not, like you should think of that like, a, I mean, it says you should think of that like a server component, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, interesting. And then there's this interesting section, interleaving client and server components using the children prop. In React, so this is like from React's, again, like if you, this is the first time you're hearing about this, it can be kind of confusing because like Next, one of the things Next did was make like server-side rendering easy in React. I mean, that's one of the things that we used it for. And uh, it's hard to set up SSR, you know, with any of these frameworks and Next made it really easy. So Next ha has had the notion of server-side rendering for a long time, but server components are a concept that exists just from React's perspective, just from the library of React, have nothing to do with any framework at all. And so they're saying here in that, you know, server components from React, there's a restriction around importing server components inside client components because server components might have server only code that should only run on the server for example accessing a database or using file system utilities mm -hmm. so they're saying uh this pattern would not work i have this client component that imports a server component and renders it uh and because you can't tell until you render it uh whether it's going to try to access something on the server it's uh you can't do this yeah well the the, the um imagine server component reads from the file system yeah right it just reads from the file system so as soon as you import server component server components going to have an import to nodes fs module and your client component is going to blow up right because uh, it's running it's in the because, browser well there's just no fs yeah exactly it's running it's, in the browser right there's no fs module and so um you basically you don't even get to run your component it's just the import statements cause it to blow up and right. uh there are ways today where like you monkey patch fs with um with like webpack but just conceptually even if there's like workarounds today conceptually it just the idea doesn't make sense a client right. component it can't import, can't a, import server component. a server component right. right right so it says however a server component can be passed as a child of a client component if both are wrapped in another server component yeah so this actually makes a lot of sense i'm glad we're talking about this because i was i understood this before but if you just follow the import path that's what makes it make a lot of sense yeah it says for example you can pass a server component to the client component as a child in another server component so basically you have a page here and uh, the page imports both the client and the server because the page runs on the server so when the page now this is kind of interesting right um they're saying here that the page is run on the server so the page can import client mm -hmm. uh and then the page can import server and that's fine because page is literally being executed on the server and only on the server only on the server which is what makes it a server component not a shared component Mm -hmm. And so when it imports server component and server component starts importing file system utilities can be fine. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is the output of this, right? Client component only runs on the client. So it's importing client, but it's not, yeah, it's not actually running it. Um, it would be like basically today what happens, like client components are imported today, but they run, let's say, you know, they run on the, on the, on, on say like, uh, one thing I think that helps is say like in the context of, yeah. So they run in the context of a browser because right. they do run on the server today right, because we called, run them on the server to right. generate HTML the, files. The initial HTML. Yeah, but um, they are meant to be run in the context, in the context of a browser. Of a browser. That yeah. is very strange. It's very well, weird. You have, <laughs> you have your running context, which is where you 
you run and then you have your rendering context which is where you render so like your build time rendering context is like a server um, you're losing me <laughs> yeah it's confusing. it's like it's, it's like you have a client you have a client component and it's gonna it's gonna run how about this let me back let me back up like it's just not just, it's gonna skip its effects and stuff is kind of what you're saying like when it's when it's run i mean it's gonna be run on the server like it's yeah it's it can't doesn't have like browser apis or it has to be like filled with like js dom or something it's but, really um, weird i mean isn't that doesn't that mean that like when they wait, say wait, go back go back to this this mm -hmm. is good like if we back up a little this is by the way this this was like kind of a moment for me when I, I played with the React Server Components demo and I could start tweaking stuff and see how it changed. But like, regardless of if you have like a server component that's like making SQL calls to a database or a client component that has effects that's like setting up like tracking mouse movement or whatever, like conceptually, those two things are React components and they should be composable. So I should be able to render a tree of them they take children, I render other ones inside of them. Like I should never get to a point where like I'm trying to render a client component and then like I have to be aware that none of its children can be server components. Like conceptually that doesn't make sense because it would break like the React composition model, right? Components should be able to render a tree of components. Yeah. So um, I think that's what they're going for here is that you want to be able to render a tree of components and then as React is doing its rendering of those on, let's just say the browser, uh, as it's doing that, when it hits a client component, it runs the render function on the client and then like inserts that. When it hits a server component, it has to go to the server and say like, listen, I can't run this component. I, I, in fact, I literally don't even have this component. Uh, please generate the JSX. the JSX for me. Server generates it, sends it down to the client, and the browser paints it. So you 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 get to define where these things run, what they yeah. import, um, but you still get to compose them. You still get to build up a tree of you know quote unquote React components. Yeah, yeah. We should have finished that. I just got sidetracked because I was confused. But uh, children is like the key here. Basically, children is the opaque. Um, you know, identifier, it's the opaque thing that passes through because it's a pass through. So the problem that was up here where this is a client component trying to import and render server, well, that doesn't work because of the things we said before. But if a, if a client component passes through its children, just exactly like you said, the parent can now say, okay, I'm rendering client. And uh, now I'm rendering server. That's the difference is the parent yeah. is rendering, is importing and rendering server. And if it needs to make a request to go to the server to get the JSX for that, uh, instead of being able to get the JSX right there on the brow in the browser, it can do that. But then it still passes it in. So uh, yeah, this is the pattern that lets you interleave server components and client components. And... Um, it goes on to say uh, the new router leverages this to allow rendering layouts as client components while the nested layout or page might be a server component. For example, you can have a server component page and a client component layout wrapping it. So <laughs> I mean, it's wild. pretty amazing. So it's kind of it's kind of saying they're saying that they use the same idea from React. Again, this whole diagram right here has nothing to do with Next it's a it's a constraint it's a it's a restriction of not a restriction it's part of the design of server components that are in react and they're saying 
when you make layouts in the new next uh, world, you're basically doing the same thing. So a layout must accept children and pass it in. And conceptually, layouts render pages, but the page can be a server because next is going to be knowing that, hey, I have to go to the server for this thing. So, so yeah, pretty, pretty cool. This style composition cool. is an important pattern for rendering server components and side client components. It sets the precedence of one pattern to learn and is one of the reasons we've decided to use a children prop. So that's interesting because like, you know, frameworks like, uh, you know, um, uh, Ember and React Router and, and have used outlet or other keywords to t identify this thing. So this is kind of an interesting little um, um, nuance here. That's the difference between maybe things that people have seen before. I thought at one point React Router used children. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty interesting how it how it lines up with the server component stuff. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Nothing. I, I kind of like this. I mean, the way I I, ha I don't have a lot of React Router experience, so I naturally think of children. Like if I was making, if you told me to make a layout component today, I would make a layout component that accepted children, right. render the sidebar, then render children. So I, I like this. I know there's like there's more I get here. I get this the fact of like I get server components, but. Um, I don't feel like this is a concession right. that I'm being forced to use children. So I think this right. is cool. Totally. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, this, I mean, this is pretty cool. Again, like thinking about what gets me excited, like, uh, I mean, being aligned with react, I think is awesome. And, uh, you know, React at this point is obviously a good thing to bet on. It's been around for a long time and it's obviously has a lot of staying power. So I like that, that this is thinking about where React is headed with server components. Server components are, like we were saying, feel pretty new. Just kind of, you know, just kind of thinking out loud here and just talking like without, I'm not really making predictions or anything, but no one's really using server components yet that we work with or know of. So it's kind of uh, interesting there, but uh, they do seem like they're important. They're being talked a lot about by the React core team. Um, I think this is going to be, uh, if this ends up being the design that's shipped, a lot of people's first introduction to server components. Actually using server components in an app will be through uh, this nested layouts version of Next.js. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I think, you know, day-to-day -day next developer you know the problems that you are running into when you don't have nested layouts so you can see this and immediately get excited i i think we don't know the problems we're running into because we don't have server components i think if we had come from another framework that did have server components we would be saying oh we can't wait for server components that's so actually think, a really uh, good that's a really good um way to phrase it yeah so i think i think that um yeah, I think that we will enjoy server components, but it's hard to know what problems they they are going to solve for us. So, um, yeah, there's some like weird stuff I've done with like with Next.js and like Remark plugins, um, and just yeah, I think if like my notion my component had the notion of running on a server, only mm -hmm. running on a server, some of that stuff might be easier. There might be like less indir indirection going through like a, a right. plugin, uh, a custom webpack loader, that sort of thing, right? So, um, yeah, I definitely for me though, I'm in the same boat as you, I'm going to love, love layouts. Um, yeah. definitely cool. something I've, I've changed my mind on. So. Cool. That's awesome. Okay. Well, I think, uh, the next section goes into data fetching, but we've already been going here for an hour. So maybe we'll do that next time. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, we'll definitely link to this RFC in the show notes. I think you, regardless, uh, 
you, I think you should read it. Um, regardless if you use Next or not, it's a really well-written RFC. I think it's like not, it kind of balances, walks the balance between being technical enough that it's giving a lot of details that Next developers can get excited about, but also being very accessible. Images are nice. They did a great job on it. So, um, the images think, are really good. They're yeah. really good. Like this stuff is very visual and um, yeah. Agreed. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put a link to that. Otherwise, uh, that's all we got uh, today, I think. We're, uh, we're sending an email out this week um, about our Framer Motion course. It's something we've been working on on the side alongside our usual stuff that we're doing. And um, yeah, we, we worked on a, a, a checkbox animation from the app Things, and we took a lot of time and stepped through a, a video frame by frame to get it get it feeling really good. So we're going to break down some of that behind the scenes stuff in an email that's going out. The email is also going to be published on our website. So even if you're not signed up for the email list, you can view it later. But uh, uh, maybe we'll, we'll put a link out to that. We'll definitely put a link out to the email sign up, which will have the archive list there in the show notes here. So uh, if you're interested in that, um, check, give that a look as well. Otherwise, uh, I think that's it for us today. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, hey, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week. So uh, talk to you then. Bye-bye. See ya.